It's all you, the man. Atlanta all take you. it. Braves. Let's go. World champions. Yeah, man. World champions. It's we about time. In. Nah. Couldn't get over 500. Ronald Acuna Jr. got hurt. What are we going to do? Mike Soroka's down. No, what are we going to do? People comparing Brian Snicker to the old Hawks coach. I can't even think of his name right now. Get him out of there. Lloyd Pierce. Comparing Brian Snicker to Lloyd Pierce saying we needed a Nate McMillan for the Braves. Get him out. Can't pitch. Can't do any of it. Can't hit. Way back in the division. We're going to finish last. They're going to go to worst. You should just give up. You should trade Freddie Freeman. We should fire Brian Snicker. It's, it's all gone. That's what every good team does. No. We double down. We get Jocktober. We get Jorge. I need a nickname for him, Solar. Everybody calls him Yeah, Solar. he needs a nickname. Everyone calls him Solar Power, but we need something better than nah, that. Nah, he's that's that dude a big dude. That is a mountain <laughs> of a man right there. The Falcons could use him playing left tackle. Yeah, one, right now. one word nicknames are primo. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just like Solar Power is cool, but we need we need something better than that because what he did to that baseball last night is a crime in fifty states. Might be legal illegal in Puerto Rico, but that's a protectorate, so we're not going to worry about that. Your Atlanta Braves are World Series champions. I don't know that it's still hit me yet. Like I don't know that it's really sunk in because for so long we have been waiting for a championship yeah. for this city, for this state. We've had the Olympic curse since 1996. It's gone. It's going to hit you Friday when you see that championship parade and they broadcast it. That's going to be beautiful because you know that's your city. So, you know, are you, you guys know, like this city. isn't even a joke? Hospital. Like this isn't even a joke. Like with with everything that's gone on and, and everything that's happened, and and you guys like being diehard Atlanta fans. Like, do you think it still hasn't really hit you yet? Because you f- still feel like, all right, what's going to go wrong? There's a lot of scar tissue. There. Like, well, what's going to go wrong? Like, something's There's, going to happen. Something's no. going to come out. Like, is that why? Or I will honestly it's God just say the this. Weight. If you want to go into like the full depths of my mind, which is a horrifying place. Uh, I was having like dreams it's fun last to night. Visit though. Yeah, no, I was having a, yeah. I was having dreams last night that the Braves basically had just made it to the World Series. Like last night, they hadn't actually won oh, the World no. Series. They had just, <laughs> oh, they had no. just, just like that advanced them to the World <laughs> Series. Like I said, in my in my brain, I can't process championships. Mm-hmm. I, I can't process like that. You accomplished the goal of every fan of every sports team. Like you finally have that. And listen. Atlanta United. Yeah, yeah, I got in the like, argument with somebody yeah, like last United, night. It that is so cool. Like, yeah, it, come I, on. I was so happy y'all won a yeah. championship. I'm an Atlanta United fan. It, it's it's not relevant in terms of the Atlanta sports curse. No. You're too new. Exactly. Well, that that's the a lot of people go with. Well, it's not a major sport. Well, I go with. They haven't gone through the pain. They like. Well, I, no, I, I haven't I, either. But I, like, I think it had they to be, literally just. I call got it the there. big the big four, and I think the fourth one is one you can usually alternate like in and out. NFL is always there. Major League Baseball is always there. NBA is always there. Now, depending on what part of the country you're in, I think you can alternate on the fourth. In the South, the fourth one's college football. Yeah. Right? So it had to be one of those four to, for me to feel like the sports curse had been lifted. Some parts of the country, I think you can throw hockey in there. Right? Yep. You can throw some other yep. sports in there. But the big three that are always there are NFL, NBA, and MLB. You yep. had to get a championship in one of those. And yep. three years ago, 
you weren't really thinking about that when the Braves were making that run to get their first division championship. Well, now they've won four in a row and a World Series. There's so much I want to talk about from this from a historical perspective. Maybe we'll go grab Kevin. Who knows? I don't know what he's doing right now, but uh, there's just so much I want to talk to y'all about. But just the game last night, once Max Fried got stepped on, I felt like that's where that game just kind of flipped because the top of the first, the Braves are just getting mowed down. Like, the Astros came out playing good defense, and I think he had two strikeouts through the first four batters. And then Max Fried comes up, you give off the you give up the leadoff hit, and then you just have a little tapper that goes in between Freddie Freeman and Max Fried. Max Fried, a little bit too hyped up, doesn't really look at Freddie Freeman until he gets to the bag. Kind of a bang-bang play, sticks his foot out, doesn't have the bag, gets his ankle stepped on, and you have runners on first and second. Nobody out top or bottom of the first. Right, I felt like right then it switched because Max Fried in that first inning was pumping in 98 mile an hour fastballs. Max Fried typically sits like 93 to 95, and like 95 is top end. He's really just trying to get some sinker action on that fastball and keep you get some ground ball outs. He was pumping 98 miles an hour in there. He yeah. was hyped up. Yeah. Once you got through that inning and he was pitching like that, I, I felt like it was really in the Braves' favor because you did have one streak broken where the Braves hadn't lost at home until that, what, game five where they lost to Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They hadn't lost at home in the postseason. Well, another stat that wasn't talked about enough is the Braves never lost back-to-back games in the postseason. They were undefeated after losing games. I think they were mm-hmm. 4-0 coming into last night after losing games. That's nice. Mm. The Braves have been unbelievable, they, right? They have, they, yeah, they have been unbelievable. Yeah. And then Jorge Soler comes up and absolutely massacres the baseball. Yeah. Yeah, it was a beautiful thing. Uh, it's what we talked about yesterday. Max Freed, yeah, I mean, he had a couple of rough outings before this game, but he can't go into that game nervous. And, boy, did he look like he aced last night. Oh, I mean, absolutely. he looked <laughs> he looked yeah, good He looked like one of the night. top five pitchers in baseball. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really and, good. I mean, serious face the whole game. He looked determined to win that game. I mean, he played played great. And then he, he handed mind. it over to the night shift there uh, in the seventh to Tyler Matzik. I thought they might bring somebody else out there for the eighth, but you let him go two innings. And he was is filthy. Awesome. I, He's been on fire He's this awesome. time, yeah. too. He's yeah. awesome. I can't get Good out of gosh. my head what he was able to do against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. What was that, game five or game six against the Dodgers, where Luke Jackson came in and just loaded the bases, then Tyler Matzik came in yeah. and just shut him down, yeah. and then came back mm-hmm. out the next inning and did it again, got six mm-hmm. straight outs against the Dodgers. Like I haven't been able to get that out of my mind. There's so many different heroes from this. Like It's amazing how quickly we've moved on from Eddie Rosario and what he was yeah. able to do in the NLCS True. because of what Jorge Soler uh, was able to do and Freddie Freeman. How cool was that to see him hit a home run in his last at-bat of the yeah. season? First, okay, I don't want to like rain on the happiness parade, but – and I am one of the weird defenders of Joe Buck. I think he's so neutral that it just ticks off fans of both sides. But Joe Buck, you can go to hell with the, wow, was that Freddie Freeman's last at bat for the Atlanta Braves hitting a home run? <laughs> We're trying to enjoy a championship. Yeah. Come, come on now, don't do that. And you're yeah. trying to ship our best player off. Yeah. But that was like really the, one, the only negative from the night. Because, I mean, point being, I never felt like this one was going to go the other way. The, the, do- or the Astros yeah. just felt defeated. And they the did. Braves you were you just can see it in, in the fans too. Yeah. The fans felt defeated. Once you get the fans out the way, it's pretty. It, you know, it's oh my seven. god! The shot. If you haven't seen it, it's on Brave social media. Wherever you want to follow it, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Of Jorge Jorge Soler's like the field angle view of his home run. Mm-hmm. You have all the pom poms going on because remember, uh, in that situation, it was two outs. You had Ozzy Albies on second. Eddie Rosario had walked to get to first, and it was a full count. And so they were hyped up, thinking they're about to get out of this inning, not give up anything. It's still going to be a tie ball game. 
And as soon as he makes contact, you see all the towels and pom poms go from here to it's yep. disappeared. Yep. Fans putting their heads just, down, yeah, shaking their just, heads. No, the, the best is the surrender cobra, right? Like when yep. you see when you see a fan put both hands on their head and the elbows go up, like yep. And it's just beautiful to see an Atlanta team do that to another fan base, especially Houston. Yeah. Knowing what Houston did a couple of years ago, that's why I was just so happy about it. Like, okay, we beat a bunch of. You know, a bunch of cheaters. Well, I think that. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think yeah. that moment, right, is is something you've been waiting on. Of course, I'm not talking about the the World Series win. Of of course, you've been waiting on that for for twenty whatever years. But twenty six. There you My go. My whole life. So I thought it was twenty six, but yeah, that whole time. But we've been waiting. Think about it. We've been waiting for that moment from the Braves for basically 365 days now. Since since you went up three one in the Dodgers and you wanted that game. I, I was like, go out, end it, leave no doubt. And you never were able to do that. And you come back out against the Astros. You get up 3-1 here in the World Series, and you're, you're in Braves country there in Atlanta. And I'm like, man, go out there, leave absolutely no Just crush it. And you started with a, a, a grand slam, I believe, there in, in Game 5, right? Yeah, in, in the, in the, the first World inning, Series. Yeah. And then everything just kind of you – know, the Astros came back, ended up getting the victory. You've been waiting for this moment and, and for this opportunity where the Braves, where they just come out and just absolutely crush the whole game and leave no doubt to, no, we're coming out, we're winning this, and everyone in the building is going to know it early. And like you guys said, that, that's exactly what happened last night. So I feel like this has been building, and finally you get that moment of just like, it's like you've been talking about with, with Georgia uh, possibly Oof. being able to, you know, Kill, yeah. kill a kill a yeah. team basically, right? You come oh, out kill here, a program, yeah. yeah, yeah, kill a program. You've been waiting on that for from the Braves for for a long time, and like you said, it's rare to see it. It's weird to see it almost from the Braves because you're used to it going in the wrong direction so many times. But man, that's exactly what they did last night. There was there was never once you got past that first second inning, there was never a doubt in my mind. I didn't want to say anything, of course, didn't text no, I mean, you anything like that. Up, but there's never a doubt in my mind. It was really mind like that, you're that, up three nothing, and I felt good at that point because Max Freed was dealing. But when Dansby hits the bomb, it's like that's that yeah. was it. Like they they had, there was no coming back. Yeah. When they went because, up five, I was like, it's done. Well, mm-hmm. and because it's just like you knew the Braves like at the first sign of any inconsistency from Max Freed, you go to the bullpen and you sell out. Like mm-hmm. all of your arms are rested for the most part because you went with in game five, you just you put guys out there who you weren't going to rely on. Like you let Chris Martin and Drew Smiley get some significant pitches in there because you're like, listen, this game's kind of already out of hand. If we come back, great. If not, we're not going to cook through our bullpen. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to give the Tyler Matzik's uh, two days rest. You didn't end up needing most of these guys, right? But you're going to give Tyler Matzik uh, two days of rest. Luke Jackson coming off would have two days of rest right there. So you had your entire bullpen. Will Smith had two days of rest. So you knew, and I. I think I had a sneaking suspicion that if Max Freed early had gotten, especially with that three nothing and a five nothing lead, if like in the fourth or fifth, if Max Freed had gotten a little wobbly, I have a sneaking suspicion we might have seen Ian Anderson come in just to try to close that out. But it's you didn't need it because yeah. Max Freed was that good. That was an all time performance. I think he's one of two players now in Major League Baseball history. I want to look it up because I don't want to take away from Max Freed. He may be the only one who had six innings of shutout baseball with no walks in a clinching World Series game. Like, Max Free came out and gave you his best performance in the postseason, period, he's ever had. He was dominant. And so I thought he might come back out for the seventh, but obviously they had a plan in place, and I thought that was really cool to see. For all of the 
Gabe Kapler's, and that is a that's a good looking man out in San Francisco. You know, I haven't seen a picture of Gabe Kapler. <laughs> it's not fair, uh, but for all the analytics, and we want to bring in these guys up here who are going to tell us where to shift on this count and this count and against this guy and when there's an easterly breeze blowing from the Mississippi, which way we need to be playing. For all those analytics, I think Brian Snicker was the biggest part of the Braves winning this championship. Obviously, you have to get the guys, and Alex Anthopoulos did a great job of that. But the way Brian Snicker, this entire season, and specifically in the postseason, he, he just always pressed the right buttons. You're bringing in guys and they're getting walks, and that's getting Eddie Rosario up, and he's hitting three-run home runs in the NLCS, right? He just he pressed the right buttons the entire time, and just the way he managed, he was okay with giving up a game. He's like, listen, I'm not going to cook through my bullpen, and he did this multiple times. He did it in the NLCS, and he did it in the World Series. I'm not going to, and Cam, you've seen this in NBA. I'm not going to waste all of this effort for one game when I have a 3-1 to one lead. Right, If a team has their back against the wall and they come out and they throw everything at you and they have a 20-point lead in the third quarter of an NBA Finals game, you're not going to blow up LeBron James trying to come back from 20 points down. Right, no. You're going to sit him and Anthony Davis and these other guys. You're going to let them rest and come back for the next game. Right, It's mm-hmm. just you saw Brian Snicker, I thought, pressing all the right buttons. You had your starter, like your, the guy you had for this, break his leg. Yeah. In this series, and you were still able to win it in six. So I, I'm so happy for Brian Snitker. Literally, uh, Freddie Freeman said it last night. He's worn every hat in this organization. Mm-hmm. He's worn hats for teams that don't exist anymore inside of this organization, right? Like, and I feel like it, um, he he deserves this. I think as much as anybody. I mean, yeah, I feel like last year it was actually good that happened. I know it sounds crazy, but it's actually good. You learn from your mistakes, learn from your lessons. The next year, you win the freaking World Series, and now. And I don't want to look too far ahead, but now we're like, man, this could be a potential powerhouse. You bring back some of your good guys, Soroka, Acuna. Man, it's going to be yeah, really I think, nice. I think the biggest thing, and this is what the national media is not talking about when they talk about Freddie Freeman potentially leaving the Braves. Buster Olney, I thought, has done the best job of this, and I think there's maybe two or three people I would listen to over Buster Olney, and that's a maybe. And like one of them's Tim Kirchin, right? Yeah. Buster Olney came out this morning on uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin in the morning, and he said – listen, there's a 0.5% chance Freddie Freeman leaves. The Braves are going to break him off. The narrative the entire year has been, let's wait till the end of the season and we'll get this deal done. Freddie Freeman's going to be an Atlanta Brave going forward, but the thing they're not talking about inside of that is you already have Ronald Acuna and Ozzie Albies locked up. Mm-hmm. They have their deals. Ronald Acuna yeah. has his $100 million deal. And is that going to get renegotiated sometime in the near future? Probably. But you have him locked up at least for next year and the years after that. And Ozzy Albies, same way. You have those guys. Dansby Swanson, you have him, right? Austin Riley, you have him. He's coming back. It's going to be more so of a who who do you not keep, right? Because you could potentially have a DH next year, so do you try to keep Jorge Soler, right, and just let him be your DH and just mash home runs? You know runs. what I always say, man? You win the championship, run it back. I don't see what the what's oh, the break was. You gotta run it back. You just won a World Series, yeah. and you could be adding Mike Soroka and Ronald Acuna to your. You roster. gotta run that back, man. You, there's well, that, no changes to that. That and what, what, what would the mood change? What, what did we just hear a few days ago from the Braves organization? Is is they basically sat back and and for once and forever? I mean, people have been clamoring for it for a long time. You had the leadership say, 
this during the trade yeah, period that, and everything like that. Go get what you yeah, need. Yeah, during the NLCS championship yeah. like celebration, they, they, they came out and said it. He's like, yeah, right. I looked at Brian and said, go get what you need. And and we'll fund it. And why would that mood and be and sentiment be any different after you just won a World Series? I don't think it's going to be. Yeah. And I, I think that's going to be exactly what they say, not only about Freddie Freeman, but about uh, – about all these other guys, too. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? And I think there are some guys that you have under contract, if I'm being honest. I don't know who all of them are. Uh, but there are some guys that you acquired at the deadline that are on multi-year deals. Does that mean you're going to keep them all? No. But it's going to be interesting because potentially you could have you could add Ronald Cunha back to the lineup. And if you need to, you can rotate him at DH and Jorge Soler yeah. in the outfield. Do you keep Adam Do you keep uh, Adam Duvall? Do you keep Eddie Rosario? Do you keep Jock Peterson? Like, And uh, Kevin brought this up. A lot of your big-time prospects, your like, top three or four prospects are all outfielders. So, like, yeah. who do you keep? Or then, like, since you have these guys in the outfield now, do you maybe start packaging some of those big-time prospects and trying to bring in one or two more pitchers to this? So it's it's going to be fascinating. But I think for now, in the next couple months, you just celebrate the fact that there Absolutely. is finally a major championship back in the state of Georgia and the city of Atlanta. The Atlanta Braves are world champions. We're going to go from being really happy to really critical. Uh, the initial – College football playoff Oof. rankings came out last night, and they were terrible. pretty atrocious. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, we're going to dive into those when we come back. Georgia, obviously, number one. After that, it got really weird really fast. All that coming up right here on ESPN Radio, your home of the world champion, Atlanta. <laughs> I can actually understand him in this song. Yeah, this is uh, a little – this is the acoustic Eddie Vedder. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is this from the Always movie good. where the is this from the movie where the get the kid like goes out into the woods to like live in the wilderness because he's eaten by a bear? They like find him at the they like find him at the was it like a bus or like a van in haven't, Alaska? Haven't seen it. What is it called, <laughs> Kevin? <laughs> in, into the wild. That's right. Kevin said a horrible movie. You know, sorry, I already spoiled the end for you. But uh anyway, you know. Welcome back to ESPN radio right here. Your home, I'm just gonna keep saying this, of the world champion. Atlanta Braves. Oh, you deserve to say it, man. Keep oh, we're saying gonna, it. No, we're going to say it over and over. I can't wait oh, for yeah. Mark to cut the promo because we are going to be playing the hell out of that. Uh, but going from fun, happy things to just amazingly asinine and stupid things, the college football playoff ranking coming in. And no, Ben, I wasn't talking about you when I said stupid and asinine. Uh, Whoa. As, as Ben brings in Taco Bell, he kind of looked at me sideways because Ben walked into the studio as I said that and he was like, no, no, no. Not wait, you. He said, wait a minute. You were talking about a guy who could just throw me through the drywall. I would never say anything like that. He could probably throw that <laughs> bag of Taco Bell at you and it would hurt you. Yeah, like no, it would I break would, something. I would, I, would, I would probably die. Uh, but no, <laughs> never, never say that about Ben Troop. No, I'm talking about the college football playoff rankings. We got the first one last night. As expected, the University of Georgia is number one. I, I don't think anybody would have expected anything different, right? As dominant as Georgia's been given up, as B.J. Bennett is writing a story about, has given up one first-half touchdown all year. I agree with that ranking. Yeah, Yeah. so Georgia's number one. After that's where things got weird. Mm -hmm. Now, yesterday in my predictions, I said, Cam, Michigan State would be number two in my mind, and Alabama would be number three. I called Bama, too. You did call Bama, too. That's what happened in the college football playoff. They said Alabama is number two. After that, it goes Michigan State and Oregon. So the season ended right now. You would have Georgia-Oregon, which would just be a slaughter. <laughs> yeah. And you would have Alabama-Michigan State, which would, in my mind, also probably be, be a, a, a 20-point game. But that being said, to me, that means they probably got the first two right. Mm-hmm. And so after that, though, Michigan State number three, I get it. Oregon's number four. I was lost. Oregon lost to Stanford. Let's just keep that in mind. Three and five, Stanford. Number five is Ohio State. 
who lost at home to aforementioned Oregon, who lost to Stanford. After them is undefeated Cincinnati. It gets worse. It gets who, worse. Who, in my mind, probably has the third best win. Oh, yeah, and they're also undefeated. So you have them behind two one-loss teams. Yep. Right? I get Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State. Fine. Cincinnati, I think, deserves to be number four. I don't even like Absolutely. those, to be honest with you. But it is what it I, is. I think, I think Cincinnati deserves to be number four. Absolutely. Cincinnati beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Notre Dame, according to these rankings, is a top 10 team. They're number 10, right? Oregon beat Ohio State, who you have at number five. Who has Ohio State beaten? Is exactly. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, Just, PJ, but they don't have Penn no, State. No, you're, Penn no, State. you're exactly they right. Don't they have don't Penn have Penn State. Right but it's up. a three-loss Penn State. This is what I was upset about. Then you beat Rutgers, Akron, Tulsa, and like Indiana and Maryland. Mm-hmm. Where's the quality win? Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota which they have ranked, who mm-hmm. lost to like Bowling Green? Are you kidding me? Yeah, but, we... but it looks like Minnesota is going to go to the Big Ten Championship. So I will put it like this. That doesn't though. mean they have to be ranked, though. You know what I mean? I, like yeah. just... If Cincinnati, if Clemson had the same resume that Cincinnati had right now, Clemson would be number two. No, because Clemson, it's just yeah, Clemson. Yeah, Clemson would be So like I don't understand it. I don't understand it. No, it's just it's basically them saying this is a Power 5 invitational. Uh, after Cincinnati, yeah. you have Michigan, who just lost to number three, Michigan State. Uh, I thought, interesting, I think this is where they deserve to be ranked. Yes. Oklahoma, number eight. That's they're, weird. They're saying they, are not, they have not been impressed with Oklahoma. The only reason Oklahoma's number eight is they're undefeated, but they have not been impressed with them, and that's because you almost got beat by Kansas. But their resume is better than Ohio State. I don't know that it is. It's, it's I, about I, equal. I, I think I would take Ohio State's resume, even with a loss to Oregon, over Oklahoma's because o- yeah. Oklahoma, Ooh. outside of two games, Oklahoma boat raced like Western Carolina, mm-hmm. and they beat Texas Tech pretty good. And Texas, but like after Texas Tech has just fired their coach. Yeah, uh, yeah. But outside of that, it's pretty much been one score games. Texas, te- Texas yeah. Tech has, has not been a solid program for I'd say five or six years, really. Since Even with Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, Kingsbury. Was there, they were not great. Right, exactly. So like, and and when this is the difference for me, the main difference with. With Ohio State, yeah, they've beat a, a bunch of like marshmallow type of football teams, but at least they've beat them how you're supposed to. Now, yep. I'm not saying that makes you a great team by any means, but it makes you a good team and and a team that I actually will look at as ranked higher. Oklahoma, like Ohio State, has ranked this has played the same type of opponents as o- Oklahoma has, and Oklahoma has almost won has won by only one score in almost every game this season, including the Kansas, which they were down late in the fourth quarter to. So, like, I think those are major problems. Yeah. And like you said, I think they got two people right, basically, in, in this whole top 25, and that's Oklahoma and Georgia. Like, th- those yeah. are the only two I agree with. Now, here's where I think Kurt Herbstreit made a good point last night, and I kind of said this yesterday when we were talking about Alabama and Georgia. That's going to sort itself out. Yeah. yeah, Like, Alabama and Georgia, if Alabama wins out and Georgia wins out, they're going to meet in the SEC championship, and one of two things is going to happen. Alabama's going to beat Georgia, and they'll both be in. One and sorts two. itself out. Or if Georgia beats Alabama, Alabama's done. Yep. Like, they're not going to the college football playoff as a two-loss team. But, and I want to give credit where credit's due, Josh Pate brought up this point. There is a two-loss team that I do think controls their own destiny. Auburn. Auburn, yeah. If and Texas A&M. Auburn, if Auburn, play, Auburn plays Texas A&M this week, they have Alabama coming up on the schedule. If they beat Alabama, they'd go to the SEC championship. And so if you beat Texas A&M, Alabama, and Georgia, even with two losses, you, you're and one of them would be to Georgia, which you've avenged, you're going to the college football playoff. Absolutely. So, like, But what the funny thing is, if Wake Forest wins out, 
which Wake Forest still has NC State and Clemson and North Carolina. I think they play North Carolina this week on the schedule as well as Boston College. Mm-hmm. If I Let me give you two teams. Undefeated conference champion Wake Forest or two-loss Auburn. Who gets in? It's going to be Auburn. Wake Forest would not have a ranked win. But it's going to be Auburn, but it should be Wake Forest because if you could do the same thing that you've done for Clemson all these years, you should do the same thing for Wake Forest. I That's all I'm that. saying. My difference with that would be is, is Clemson, even in those years, I believe had ranked wins. Like, no, like, I literally think last year they had one. And they lost to Pitt one year where Pitt was like – Terrible. I, agreed. Agreed. But I that, I I, I'm pretty sure that, that was before the like the downfall of Florida State, and th- there was a few it, it other part, teams yeah. in the ACC. No, they had that a, were they had some quality. Year, they so. had a quality win yeah. that year. I want to say they That's beat. That's all I'm saying. A M or this Auburn. Is, this is like the reversal that I think we're going on. Is it, it's every year it's different with a college football playoff, and it makes me so mad. It's like this year. It seems like if you look at the teams that are ranked in the top 25. It seems like, oh, you, you got a big win. That's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, you lost to a no-name team that's 3-5? and five. Did, Yeah, that doesn't matter. Yeah. We'll Clemson overlook that. Clemson did not have a top 25 win until they beat Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. Insane. See, that's the thing. Because the, they, one, they the lost, one top though. 25 yeah. game they had was at, no, was at Notre Dame. But can, can, we, all agree, can we all agree that, that – that was based on what they would call the eye test, but also that they're Clemson, which like we, we can all agree there, on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it is what oh, it is. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So like, I, that's my issue know. though. There's a lot of teams up here that I think one with with the losses that they have should should in no way be as high as they are. But then of course you have like the 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 uh, comparison there with you rank one team that's too high with terrible losses. Mm-hmm. Well, they got beat by this other team, so now that that other team has a higher ranking because they beat like Texas A and M at at fourteens, kind of a little a little yeah. wild to me. And because of that, now you have well, Alabama lost, but they only lost to Texas A and M, and they're up at fourteen, so that's not that bad. Who do y'all have at well, five or that's six? Wild. I think we all have the same top four, but who's five or six? Because that's where I'm getting lost at right now. I, I mean, I have I'm the same top four, here. but not in the, I not, told you guys yesterday, the same I, way. I had Ohio State over Oregon. I think Ohio State's a better team. And, like, I kind of do it of who has a better loss. Ohio State lost to Oregon. Oregon lost to Stanford. And I think Ohio State's figured out a lot of things since then. So if I, if I had to give you my top four, it's Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Cincinnati. Mine would probably be Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, Cincinnati. But the way yeah. I do it in my mind is the four – best teams because right now the whole team hasn't the whole season hasn't played out yet so we don't know the full resume if i if i had to pick the four best teams in the country that would be i think i'm going based off i'm now four best teams i agree with you but if i'm going based off how the committee does straight up i think cincinnati beats michigan state i think cincinnati's defense is good enough to slow down kenneth walker enough on the neutral side and i would take yeah and i take desmond ritter oh yeah over uh as as a quarterback yeah. yeah This is my thing, man. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I get the whole best team argument, but to, to me, like you, you add in all of it. It's the best wins, it's the best losses, and it's the eye test and, and, and how you and to okay, me, well, let me like, ask you this. Who's Georgia's best win? Auburn. Is it Auburn? At this point? Yep, it's Auburn. Is it? You, yeah. you be, is it because like th- then you get into when when how Auburn's are they good. playing when you play them? Auburn Aub- is good. Auburn's They're good. playing great right now, but you look at that part of the season, they weren't playing that great. I, I mean, they were still they in were that limbo phase. Trip, they, they were lost like, two in a row. They're coming off a trip to Happy Valley. Right, right. And Which they they, lost they, us. they didn't play well in that game. I, I mean that that's my argument, and that's my point too. Is just I just get so anyway to get to get off all of that. My well, top no, four right six. now would, no, like, would probably why is be number one. 
I test. Why? No, it's, why, it's why is Georgia test, number one? Undefeated, I, undefeated I test. No, but the, I'm asking you. I'm asking okay. you. Who would be number one in your in your book? It would be Georgia. But you just said you don't like doing... Only eye tests. Like, like, that's the thing. I don't like doing only okay. solely based on eye tests. Like, that's what I'm saying. When, when people get to Alabama, they're automatically mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to have them number two because they, they look really good. They have all this talent. They have all these five stars. It's Nick Saban. It's Alabama. Blah, blah, blah. But... They lost to Texas A&M. Like, yeah. we're just forgetting that and, and, well, and wiping here, it off. The, okay, so here's where like I want to move. Like, that happened. But here's where you I have to win games to be up there. Then, they, didn't, they then justify their rankings in the bottom of the rankings, right? Yeah, they that's lost, what I'm saying. They and lost, to, they lost to Texas A&M. Oh, but Texas a and is number 14, so that's not actually a terrible loss because you lost all the road to the number 14 team. And then you can pump Alabama up some more by saying, and they beat the hell out of the number 17 team in the country, Mississippi State, who is a three-loss Power 5 beat team. Beat them by 40. And they are ranked, 17. And they are ranked above UTSA, who is 8-0. Coastal Carolina, who is seven and one, SMU, who's seven and one, Louisiana, who's seven and one. They're ranked against above all of these teams. You know what the common factor about all of those teams are that I just mentioned? They're all ranked in the top twenty-five of the AP poll, as high as sixteen. UTSA undefeated UTSA mm-hmm. is number sixteen in the mm-hmm. AP poll. None of them are ranked in the college football playoff ranking. Yeah, and it's Cincinnati is the only G five team ranked. Right. Right, and, and and it's embarrassing. This is like and, a, this, and that's, like that's they what I'm want saying. To force through the and, the 12 teams, and exactly, and that, that's why I'm saying like you bolster up the back. Like you said, you bolster up with all these teams that that shouldn't to me shouldn't be in the top 25 or should be way lower. And you can look at it and say, well, Alabama's up there because of that. But and it, so, so to finish, just I'm gonna really quick, I would have Georgia. I think at this point I would have Cincinnati because I I, I respect them that much. They have the third best win this year. I have Mich- I would have Michigan Second State. Second best road win. I would have Michigan yeah. State because again, to me, yeah. not losing games, especially to good teams that you play, is important, and going out and getting big wins is important as well. So putting that all together, and they've also impressed me with how they've looked. Like at first, I didn't really. I was like, eh, it's a Michigan State team. They, but how they've looked over the past four or five weeks, I'm like, okay, this this team actually could have some talent. And then I would put Alabama at four because yes, losing games to me does matter, whether you look good or not in your other games. And, and, so and the interesting thing that I found out about all of this, uh, Oklahoma's at number eight, but then you see they still have number eleven, Oklahoma State, number twelve, Baylor. That's going to sort itself out. They did that on purpose, clearly, to put Oklahoma at eight. Oh yeah, to make. so much of this. They did about, all that on purpose. It's about making cool TV matchups. Yeah. They want number one, number two, Alabama against Georgia in the SEC championship game. You want Oklahoma State and Oklahoma as high as possible. So when mm-hmm. they play each other, it's up there, right? Like you want Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State all ranked as highly as possible because they still have games mm-hmm. coming up. It's all just a, a TV skew. And like we've seen, these rankings don't actually matter because TCU back in 2014 can be a top three team, win their championship, and get dropped out of the rankings. Yeah. Greatest and what's, a, what's amazing is you can see it developing, right? Like if, if Alabama, it's clear, uh, I'm putting my tinfoil hat on, whatever, but like you just said, they want Alabama and Georgia in that, that SEC championship game one and two. And mm-hmm. why? Also, so guess what? If you lose to number one or number two by a touchdown or ten points or heck even seventeen, we're only going to drop you to four. No, we're only going to drop you to three or four. That's it. Yeah. So I mean, it's you can see it developing, and, it, and it's that, frankly, it's just kind of embarrassing. Like, yeah. Again, I, the, I hate it. The top ten of the love college it, football it. playoff <laughs> rankings: one Georgia, two Alabama, three Michigan State. Four Oregon, five Ohio State, six Cincinnati, seven Michigan, eight Oklahoma, nine Wake Forest, and ten Notre Dame. Notre Dame just hanging out, 
waiting for <laughs> catastrophe to strike, and they'll probably be your four seed when this is all said and done. we got to take a quick break here. We'll come back with more on second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko and Cam Urshry. Guys, with all this World Series talk, which, I mean, well-deserved, because in case y'all missed the news, the Atlanta Braves are World Series champions. Oh, man. That's awesome. In case you missed the Congratulations. news. Congratulations. We'll, we'll be talking about that plenty. Uh, there's a big-time week of college football coming up. I mean, do you guys know who Alabama's playing this weekend? My college football is over, so I no. No idea. Cam? I don't even, oh, LSU. LSU. Alabama's playing LSU this weekend. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a, yeah. eh. Ho-hum. Who cares about it? That used to be like it's. it's how many times has that game been the game of the century? So many, yeah, yeah. right? But I mean, it got started last night. We had some action. We actually have some more of that coming up tonight. You have Central Michigan at Western Michigan, Northern Illinois at Kent State. Uh, Thursday, you have a big time Sun Belt matchup. You have Georgia State at Louisiana. But I think coming up this weekend, you have a ton of big games. Now listen, Missouri. At Georgia, might be over in the first four minutes of that football game. In case you missed last week, Missouri had to hang on to beat Vanderbilt mm. at Vanderbilt. That's tough. And so that luckily you get that one out of the way at noon. You have Wake Forest at North Carolina. Can Wake Forest uh, keep their undefeated streak going on? You have, once again, the Hugh Freeze Bowl as Liberty is at Ole Miss. That's exciting. I mean, that's yeah. a that's a yeah. major cool storyline. It's just Malik yeah. Willis against Matt Corral. Yeah, yep. it's just not being talked okay. about. That, that's going to be an awesome game. Possibly the first two quarterbacks off the board in the NFL draft. Yeah, I would assume so. You are yeah. not telling a lie. Michigan State at Purdue, which Purdue has proven, if you have a fraudulent ranking, will knock you down a peg. Asked Iowa. Yeah. So yeah. The, I think I think that was going to be a big one as well. Oklahoma <laughs> State at West Virginia. And then how about Auburn at Texas A&M? That's the game of the day. That is going to be a massive football game because as we sit right now, Auburn controls their own destiny. Texas A&M needs a little bit of help. What kind of help, you ask? Texas A&M needs to beat Auburn and then hope Auburn beats Alabama because then they would have, I believe, they, yeah, they'd have the same number of conference losses at two, which would then put Texas A&M with the head-to-head over Alabama into the SEC championship. Flip that. Auburn, if they want to go to the SEC championship, I think they have two losses right now. I'm just trying to do, extrapolate in my head. They have two losses right now. Only one of them is a conference loss. So they technically, I think, could still afford to lose this one mm-hmm. and then beat Alabama, and then it's a three-way tie. And I think Texas A&M would get in yeah. with the head-to-head. Beating both of them. Right. Yeah. So and they would need Texas A&M yeah. to only, lose another game. So Auburn needs to win this one. I actually think it would then be a three-way tie because – Mississippi State, I think, sitting there as well. Because Mississippi State beat Texas A and M. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and they have the uh, yeah, they have the non conference loss as well. I think there's NC like State I think there's two different ways there could be a three way tie. <laughs> Basically, it's Auburn, Alabama, and then Mississippi State or Texas A and M. Right. So you got that one coming up. That is your CBS game coming up, and then later on at night, obviously Alabama LSU. That one this year is not the eight thirty CBS game. CBS passed. Wow. On that one, yeah, CBS is going to let uh, ESPN is going to go ahead and handle that one. How about in the SEC East though? Tennessee at Kentucky. Upset alert. That could be fun. Contrast, that con- could contrast be, of styles. That could be for yeah. number two in the SEC East. Upset yeah. alert. You think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I wonder. Let me see what the line is. If Hendon Hooker's game. playing, let me see what the line Hinden. is. I mean, I think either way, game. Kentucky's kind of on a 
a bit of a well now now I can't really say that because NC State's a top twenty team. <laughs> um, anyway, Kentucky's this on kind of a, a downswing. There's that, no underdogs in this game with that loss down oh, to, to Michi- uh, Mississippi State. Mm. So that's interesting. Kentucky's not the same team we were talking about three or four well, weeks I'll ago. Well, I'll say you know? this: some teams just own other teams. Mississippi State owns Kentucky for whatever reason. It's so it's, weird. They have a mental block. Just to think about, like, because I'm, I'm used to teams saying that with like. You know, you have Florida and Tennessee and things like that, but like, that's such a random Mississippi State man. They just dominate Kentucky. It was like, okay, cool. Normally, that's like, okay, great. You're gonna get fourth in the West, and you beat the fifth team in the East. Good for you. You know what I mean? On a, in a normal season, but anyway, let's take a little gander. No, am I? Uh, and Kirsten, this is for you. Am I Please. the only Georgia fan that probably I want to? Yeah, probably. But I want to play Bama. Actually, that's. I actually uh, want to because I want to beat them. I can. That's the only way that's going to make me feel comfortable. Is, do you want to beat them? Tw- do you want to play them twice? No, because if we if beat them beat in the SEC championship, they're done. So that's Alabama? the good part. Yes, Alabama's no, 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 no. done. No, if Georgia beats Alabama, they're done. Yeah, they're done. They're they not making losses. the playoffs. They have two losses. They're done. They're done. I don't know, man. If they're still number two and they lose to Georgia, they better be done. Close. Yeah, they I, better I, be done. No, I, I think they're moving to four. That's what I'm saying. No, no, I believe they would. You and Tim Brando are of the same mindset there, but. It's it's it, they're done after that. I I believe they're moving See, to four. Man. But Hold on, I'm looking. I'm trying to look in the the dark depths of. Uh, when you got the SEC bias shades on, here. man, it's, it's hard to, to get out. I want to it's beat them. That's the only the way, way I'll be around. comfortable, man. Like you haven't beat them in years. Yeah. Well, since I've been alive, what? One time. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're yeah. young. I'm 23 man. years old. You're young. Yeah. Since 2009, <laughs> Kentucky has only beaten Mississippi State three times. Since when? 2009. Do Dang. they play every year? Yeah, they are the they are the permanent crossover. That's so weird. <laughs> they are I the, never noticed. <laughs> they are the permanent crossover, and they have their number. we got to take a quick break here. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Of course, ESPN Radio in Hilton Head, Savannah, Brunswick, and Waycross, wherever you're listening to this, your home of the world champion Atlanta Braves. Now, yes. I'm sure all of you guys are familiar with Jock Peterson's Player Tribune story that he wrote during these playoffs where he talked about coming to the team and seeing how downtrodden the locker room had become, dealing with all the injuries, uh, mired in mediocrity, couldn't get above 500, right? And he came in, he's like, man, the locker room's just kind of eh. And so him and a couple of the other guys that had just come in tried to switch the vibe up a little bit, right? Like we forget about the guys who were added that really didn't make it to the roster. Steven Vogt, who came in and played catcher while Travis Darno was trying to get back, right? Some of those guys. He said he was just trying to change the vibe up. And so he tells a story about getting off of the plane and hopping on the pitcher's bus because he was playing cards with them and just wanted to switch up the vibe a little bit. They asked him why he was on. He said, because you guys are going to, are going to be the MFers who lead us to a world series, right? Well, a new, Jock Peterson's story has emerged, this time via Jeff Passan of ESPN, and this is directly from the story. He says, quote, So popular were these Braves becoming that Harry Styles spoke about the team on stage during an Atlanta tour stop, predicting that the team would, quote, go all the way. Peterson, alerted to this, knew someone who could deliver a message to Styles. He sent a jersey and a note which read, From one bad B-word to another, love Jock Peterson. I How mean, you gotta that? resign him, right? How about that? This is a locker room glue guy. That's he, two World Series in a row for Jack Peterson. Yeah, one with the Dodgers last year, right? One with the Braves this year. You gotta resign him, right? 
Yeah, you need that. Absolutely. So, I mean, Jock Peterson, you always have a special place in my heart. Three and out coming mm-hmm. up next with B.J. Bennett, Ben Troop, and Kevin Thomas. They have a ton of great guests lined up, including Hall of Famer Dale Murphy coming up right here on ESPN Radio.